Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo. Eight to ten, tune in, it's the way to go. Educated author with major goals. I've been coming right here, you have the place to be. It's the fourth, get mentored, and it's all for free. Ooh, we, and you know where it's at. With Miss Green on the right side of the chat. I write with a purpose, so everything is worth it. An educated platform, something you can work with. Read it, get it, come over here. Come and get the info from some of your peers. Hello, open line, yeah, we got open air. Talk what you love and express what you fear. Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, what time to go win? Come on. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. This is Keisha Green. It is Monday, March 13th, 2017. In case you guys didn't know what the date was, I just enlightened you. See, I started off, got the jewel right there. I told y'all the date. But thank you so much for tuning in. We have a great show. Before I go into that, I have to recap last week briefly. If you missed it, it was the What is Street Lit panel discussion, and I had a stellar panel. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It was so great. You got to go check it out. But I got to talk to Al Sadiq Banks, Sean Sinclair, Aaron Bebo, and June Miller. Those four, like, right there, you, I don't even have to say anything else. But, yes, if you missed it, please go check out the archives, www.writerslifechat.com, or you can find us on iTunes as well. But, yes, um, it was a great show. And shout-out to those guys for, oh, my goodness, it was two hours. The show was excellent. I didn't get to take any calls. I apologize to the callers that were there. It would have been, a, like, a three-hour show if I would have took the callers because they were just – they were having such, like, a good conversation. It was like that bro code thing. And, like, I was like the, the little nosy sister eavesdropping on a conversation or something. But it was really good. But, yes, check out the archives. You'll definitely enjoy it. Um, oh, my goodness. Now, moving along to tonight's show. You guys know that I love doing my radio show, and I love talking about, you know, great topics, and I'm a stickler for people who turn negatives into positives. And this panel tonight do, well, excuse me, have did just that. Tonight's show is from DOC to CEO, for those not familiar with DOC, Department of Corrections to CEO, life after incarceration. So I'm going to talk to three talented people, authors, as well about their transition from behind bars to ass behind bars. And if you're familiar with this, um, with my theme, when I do this on the Writer's Life Chat, you know these guys that I have on definitely 
they have a story to tell and it's about redemption, forgiveness, and, you know, just again, turning that negative to, negative into a positive. Last year, I got to speak to Tracy Spax out of out of Trenton, New Jersey. Um, Amir, oh my goodness, Amir Garvin out of Delaware. J M Benjamin repping Plainfield, and oh my goodness, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Oh my god, I think it was Justin. Justin repping Richmond, and he, the guys, they um. They did a great, great job, and, like, I just knew that I needed to do the show again and have some more other authors because there's a lot of authors that have been incarcerated and have turned their life around, and they don't get the props that they, you know, that they deserve, that they did learn their lessons. So, yes, we're back. So from DOC to CEO, life after incarceration. And so tonight the panel would, well, excuse me, will be Jamel Hill, Justin Q. Young, and blacktop. But before I go into that, you know, I got to do my plugs, you know, the stuff that pays the bills over here on Law Talk Radio. And I have to let you know that tonight's show is sponsored by Faye Thompson's upcoming release, Open Your Gifts, being presented by Kim Coles. Yes, that Kim Coles, living single Kim Coles, yes. So her upcoming book, Open Your Gifts, you can pre-order now on her website at www don't sit on your fabulous.com. You heard me. Don't sit on your fabulous.com. Open your gifts. And it's a lot, it's a collection of stories from powerful women doing great things. And it's, you know, some um, encouraging. I ordered this book for Mother's Day and give it to someone. You don't know what to do for someone? Give them this book, Open Your Gifts by Faye Thompson, being presented by Kim Coles. So definitely go out there and get that. And now here's the part where I do my shameless plug. Shameless, shameless, shameless plug. Go check out my website. Go over there to Literary Jewels, www.myliteraryjewels.com. We have some great commentary over there, um, some great um, writing from different writers, and I'm just, I'm just happy that um, – shout out to Kevin, um, shout out to Juma – for giving me some articles and let me, you know, letting me put it up there on the site. So I'm excited to share that with you. And then I got to do a little uh, Q&A with J.D. Mason. So definitely check that out as well. Um, yeah, just go. One click it, www. It, whatever you need to do, go check it out, myliteraryjewels.com. And also, as well, if you would like to, do, like to be a guest on the show, please visit my website at www.keishagreen.com. All right, now I'm going to have some ginger ale. <laughs> and that was a, like a mouthful, but, yes. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to chatting with these fellas because they definitely, definitely, definitely got great stories um, to tell us about after. But let me just give you a little background on them. Jamel Hill spent over two decades of his life as a drug dealer entrepreneur that would always go to jail and lose his investments in the process. After his last arrest, Jamel Hill made a declaration to himself and his loved ones that upon his release, he would commit wholeheartedly to rebuilding his business righteously. And he did just that. Um, I had the honor and pleasure of meeting Jamel back this past summer at Source of Knowledge Bookstore. And oh my goodness, goodness, testimony, testimony, testimony. And he actually participated on my Writer's Life Chat live panel um, out there in Newark. And that was June of last year. So yes, you got to hear him talk. Um, Moving on to novelist Blacktop, who was raised on the streets of South Dallas, Texas. After the death of his father, feeling as though he had nowhere to turn, he turned to the gangs, the neighborhood gang, Dixon Circle, 
three five um three fifty seven. Oh wow. Um, excuse me, gangster crips where he would learn to become ruthless and unfeeling. Although he was deep in the gang and game, he continued his studies for fear that his mother would make him move to Florida. By the age of nineteen, he had been shot three times. He was on his way to the Texas Department of Corrections for forty for a forty year prison sentence for distribution of narcotics. After serving seven years, he was granted parole, mainly due to his mother's efforts. He used the education that he obtained inside to land a job at a top engineering firm in Texas. He began to chronicle his life, his mishaps, and his capers, which gave birth to the Hustle Chronicles, his debut novel and soundtrack of the same name. Wow, see, he got a story, too. Who even knew? Who knew? And then Justin Q. Young, he's an artist and author who speaks now about how the arts have changed his life. And if you're familiar with Justin, not just from the Amazon best-selling series, Digmatized for his erotica tales, also art in his paint and sip parties. Like he is in his own lane doing his thing. So you definitely want um, to tune in for these guys. They, they all separately, like just, Oh my goodness. I don't even know what to say because I'm just looking forward to talking to them. Because, like, the story, just the fact that they turned the negative into the positive, come on now, come on. Like, I mean, I want to talk to, I want to talk to them all, but as I was reading about Blacktop, his sound, like, that was a, that was like a movie, like, hold up. So, yeah, Blacktop, hurry up and get on so we can, um, so I can pick your brain about that, because somebody needs to write that into, turn that into a movie. It sounded like a movie anyway. So, (laughs) definitely. But, yeah, so if you have any questions tonight for myself or the guest, please call in, 718-508-9827. Also remember, please, if you're just listening, please just say you're just listening. There's no need to sit there in that awkward silence, and then you hang up or I hang up and go to the next caller. So if you're just listening, say you're just listening so we can move on. I'm really, really going to make a a strong effort to take calls tonight. I'm going to try to, you know, maneuver it, but it's kind of hard sometimes. I'm going to just be real with you. It's kind of hard when the, when, you know, they're talking and they're vibing. You don't want to just cut them off like, oh, I want to take a call. So I'm going to try, though. I'm going to try, so definitely. But also, if you can't get through, if I don't take the call, please inbox me or tweet me at Keisha Green. I will read your questions or join the chat room. Post your questions in the chat room. I promise you I will read them. It might be easier for me to do that than trying to get your call. So I don't want you to feel that I'm ignoring you or anything like that. But um, definitely, again, the number is 718 718- 508-9827. And I also want to let you know that if you do want to post a question in the chat room, that you have to create a blog talk profile so that you can post your questions. Otherwise, you're only going to just be able to read what's going on in there. So do it. Just do it like Nike. And I do want to let you guys know that next week on the Writer's Life Check, I'm going to have the pleasure of chatting with the lovely and talented Suzette Harrison, um, author of Taffy, award-winning author of Taffy, and her latest book, My Joy. So definitely, you want to tune in for that. Oh, my goodness. She's just so – She, me and her became Facebook friends not too long ago, and she's just, like, really, like, positive, upbeat. I look forward to her post. And she's um she's a nice a nice woman. So you definitely want to tune in next week to chat with Suzette because it's gonna be a good show. So yeah, I think that's really it. Um, I think I haven't said everything. 
got it all out, but I'm ready for this show from DOC to CEO Life After Incarceration with Jamel Blacktop and Justin. Well, see, look, I call him Casper. <laughs> but um, I'm ready to talk to them. And you guys, you are definitely in for a treat. But as always, if you miss any part of the show, please go and check out the archives at any time at www.writerslifechat.com. Or you can look us up on iTunes. But it would probably be easier if you just go to the website. But, yes, um, and that's for all the shows. I've Oh, my goodness, it's like nine years I've been doing this show. So, Anybody, I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you that if they wrote a book or they were self-published or even traditionally published, I, I more than likely have spoken to them on this show. Um, so I got a lot of archives. Like I was just looking like, oh, my goodness, I got years and years and years of archives. And some of them were going so far back that I was like, I guess I was lazy and I wasn't putting the name of who was on the show. There's Writer's Life Chat. So you got to listen to the show to find out. It's like a surprise. <laughs> like Christmas came early. Like who's on this show? But I talked to so many people. And anyone will tell you, once they come over here to the Writer's Life Chat, they feel like family and they want to come back. Okay, I see Kiara's over there in the chat room. Kiara, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, shout out to Kiara. She is like my favorite, favorite, favorite editor. Well, she's my only editor because that's who I use exclusively, but she's super dope. And if you're looking for an editor, please check her out at www.itstherightstuff.com. There's another plug. Get out there. Please get your book edited. That's a whole nother show. Kiara, you have to come back on the show and we can talk about editing. Because um, that show, when me, you, and June, oh, my goodness, that was a fun show. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about and you missed that one, between Kiara's Jewels and June's Jewels, oh, the show, it was awesome. Go get the archives. Go to the archives and listen to that show, www.writerslifechat.com. That was a good one. I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun with that one because – School was in session, boy, and Kiara and June, like, it was like, boop, 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 like, ping pong, and, like, you know, they both kept it real. June was straight, no chaser, like, he was giving you the real deal, and for you self-pub authors who think you know, he put a whole nother, like, light on it just to let you know all that glitters ain't gold, and get your book edited. So, yeah, that's something you definitely want to um, tune in. Tune in for another one of those shows. And even though, speaking of June, we were we had such a great show last week. It was like, oh my goodness, we were almost like contemplating doing a part two because it just it was so it was so real just to hear each of their opinions on street lit because this is like a multi million dollar industry. So you know there's money being made here, and then just to hear some of some of the mistakes that people make, some of them, you know, the, the do's and the don't. And then because of the panel, which made it so great, is because I had two self-published authors, then I had two authors that had been signed to publishers. So it was a nice balance for them to talk about, you know, what um experience was. But, yeah, definitely, definitely, again, I can't say it enough, www.writerslifechat.com, check out archive for real for real for real so yeah now back back into the groove of things <laughs> get ready for this show but um yeah let me shout out the um the show number again if you guys forgot um the show number is 718-508-9827 if you're just listening just say that you are um otherwise i won't know and then we'll just sit there with that you know that weirdness of hello hello 
and then they don't say anything, but you hear them in the background, the noise, and it's like, hello, welcome to the Writer's Life chat, and they're still not saying anything, and then it's like, all right, I guess you're just listening, and then I hang up, see? So to avoid all of that, <laughs> just say that you're listening. So, yeah, we're about to get this show started. I see that my guests are arriving. My first one is here, and my second one as well. So let me start this show, and let me bring in my first guest, Mr. Hell, and, you know, do what we do. There's the doorbell. So here it is. Hello. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. How are you? I am truly blessed and happy to be here. Glory be to God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, do I have to be official and say your whole name, or can we just, can we be, like, real cool like we really are, and you just be Casper and I'm Keisha? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's just be sincere. <laughs> Let's just be rolling on cut. Let's just talk to our people. Yes. Okay, I know the name, but the person that I met last summer, that was Casper, like that person. Like, I don't know the, you know, the history behind the nickname, but the person that I met, he just was like a very, I would say, like, you had a testimony. I remember sitting there listening to you talk like, OMG, he needs to speak. He needs to do public speaking. He needs to do motivational speaking because, like, what he was talking about was just like, phenomenal and it was just like friendly like friendly like casper the friendly ghost type thing so but whatever but yeah so casper welcome to the writer's life chat please let people know tell them a little bit about you without giving all the juicy stuff away but you know give us a little bit tell us about you okay i am jamel casper hill casper is not my real name it is the name that the streets gave me, you know, when I started selling drugs. Because when the police used to appear, I would disappear like a ghost. Um, real quick and short, I spent 25 years as a drug dealer in nine different states. My will, my will would have had me dead on the streets or in jail doing a life bid. But God's will has me here today. Business owner, motivational speaker, college student, a mentor. Uh, just so a proud father and just so many other, you know, great titles. So I'm blessed and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Now, I was reading in your bio and you were saying that, you know, you made a promise to your, you know, to your family that you were really going to try at this time to like, you know, not go back into that life of crime and just really be, you know, a law-abiding citizen. What prompted you to go in the avenue of writing a book? Um, because I, you know, I opened the first black bookstore here in York, Pennsylvania, where I live at. Um, and I was always connected with a lot of authors and I was actually writing films before I started writing books. And as you know, my mm-hmm. good childhood, one of my best friends, Antoine H. Thomas is a book writer. Um, Shout out and everybody know I have a story to tell. Another good friend of mine, J.M. Benjamin, he had his book, um, Conservation to Incorporation. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing over many years. So I was like, wow, it's time for me to kind of start telling my story as well, especially when I said, you know, I'm going to rebuild my business the right way because I know that there's drug dealers like me that were going to turn, they want to turn their lives around and need to hear my story for inspiration. Okay. Okay, wow. All right. So now did you have an idea of what to do? Because you mentioned like um, you saw Inch and JM doing it. Did you go to them for help or you just really went solo like I'm going to just write this book? 
Well, yeah, no, no, no. Um, when I got arrested the last time in March 4th, 2011, Inch wrote me a letter, and he was just like, man, it's time to retire, man, because he had already turned his life around, mm-hmm. so he knew that I was intelligent, and he was just like, um, you know, just turn your life around. So I made the decision to just, um, I like writing novels, but I also like writing motivational. So I was like, I just want to, it was basically just, I knew I had a story to tell, and I just sat down. When I made the decision to rebuild my business the right way, I said, I'm going to start writing my story of incarceration to incorporation from the inside out. So that's why I started writing uh-huh. it in jail when I made the declaration and just talking about everything I was going through. And then as soon as I got out, I talked in my book about how I hit the ground running. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now you put the book out. And so what were, what were the readers saying? What was, you know, the reception of them with this book from you? Oh, oh man, it was a blessing, incredibly, incredible blessing um, from people all over the world. Now, some of the people that I grew up with in New York, they thought it was going to kind of be like my whole life story because they knew, you know, but I had so much events that I talked about. I mean, that I didn't really talk about in this book. This was kind of the entrepreneurial journey just to help people from an economic standpoint. Um, They knew, like, seeing me charged with murder, my dad being brutally shot in front of me. Um, So they was like, I know it's more to your life. And I'm telling them, like, you know, that the biography and stuff is coming soon. But this was just the entrepreneurial journey. But the the response Uh from the people, the reviews, has been awesome. It's been awesome. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, I read Thank it, you. and um, I definitely I posted a review. That's another thing. Sidebar, Literary Jewel. If you guys read a book and you like it, go on Amazon and leave us a review. We like that. <laughs> we like when we get yes. reviews. It's like yes. Christmas. It's like Christmas for <laughs> us. We want it. <laughs> so leave a review. If you like the book, <laughs> leave a review. If you don't like it, inbox us. <laughs> if you like it, Tell somebody on Amazon, but um, definitely. So the book has now. When I had met you, the book had just came out, so that was like June. That I met you in June. How old was the book then? The book probably was about four months. Okay. Four months. Okay. And I have since. So since then, even with everything I got going on, not going as hard as I could have went. Since then, I've still sold like twenty five hundred copies. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And I'm taking everything wow. in consideration. Yes, you gave me some invaluable information that I'm utilizing for my next book. So I mean, it's been a blessing. Aww. It's been an incredible blessing. That's nice. Incredible. I like to hear those stories, Captain. That's really dope because you know I talk to so many different authors at so many different um, stages of their career, and like I will say. When I spoke to you immediately, it was no ego. It was nothing like you were receptive to what I was saying to you. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, you had that attitude that you have to do it your way. Because I come across those type of authors that are set in their ways. And it's like, I'm just trying to tell you. And it's like, well, no, I've been doing it this way. But have you had any success? Okay, so if you haven't, then you should you should be open to something new. So from you, 
it was like, you know, you were listening. I remember looking at the book cover, and I was just like, okay, he has a good cover. It doesn't look homemade. I look on the back. I'm like, okay, shout out to Deshaun Taylor. I like it already. Let's go. I'm flipping through the pages, and I'm like, all right, a nice typeset and formatting. I said, okay. He Obviously, he knows something. You know, he's not just going to put out any, you know, mediocre type stuff. So that's wonderful. You know, a year later, 2,500 copies sold, and you're doing your thing. So, wow. Tell me, how does that feel? Like, I know we just talked about it, but really, Casper, how does that feel? No, it, it honestly, truthfully speaking, God knows my heart. It, I mean, it feels wonderful. And like I said, I mean, you know, in, in light of what you said, like, i got to respect the veterans, people that have been doing this long before me. So, you know, I'm a student. Like I said, I was new, so I would never be coming with that kind of ignorant attitude. And that's like you said, that's the, uh, you know, where the, a lot of new authors may make mistakes at. Like I said, I mean, you, the okay. information I gave you, just what you're telling me how to make the New York Times bestseller list has made me re-strategize everything for my next release. So I'm mm-hmm. thankful for yeah. people like you and JM, the veterans in this game, you know, because y'all have paved the way. And then the times have changed. Oh the market is different. So, oh, yes, you've got to pay attention to the people that's been doing this. The market is different now. So the win, you got to is different. So you've yeah. got to pay attention I, I and, and get that advice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. It's been, wow. It's yes. yes, definitely. You figure it'll be 11 years next month for me. And it definitely has changed. When I first came out, all people wanted to do was print up books and go to book signings and sign them and sell them, sell them, you know, wherever, on the corner, out the trunk of your car, whatever you could do. If you was at a PTA meeting, you had a book, whatever. And now, um, it's a lot of lazy, a lot of lax. People are lax in their, you know, promotion and or they in the and I say that and I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. I believe the internet has allowed them to feel that lax about things. They feel that if they go on Facebook or wherever and say buy my book, that you'll buy their book. And that's until you get that royalty when Amazon's only trying to give you like two dollars and you wonder why, because you haven't promoted your book or you haven't, you know, promoted yourself. So that in itself, people just got to get, I want to take it back to how it was 10 years ago, where you got out in the streets and you went to book signings. Now, when you go to book signings, people come there, they're not even there to buy a book. They just want to say hi and take a picture. And it's like, oh, I got to go on Kindle. Okay. So you're not going to buy this paperback though? You know <laughs> you're not gonna buy it but whatever but um yeah it's just like you know the i say it all the time the internet is a gift and a curse so it is what it is but continue doing what you're doing you know you you got your head on straight and so i'm sure that this is definitely it feels good to get this legal drug money as we call it (laughs) oh yes yes no i i I agree and I and I think that's what has what's helped me because the street the street credibility is there. So for me to tell people like, you know, I've been where you're at and I've had success in that realm, but I've found a way to mm-hmm. make this work, this legal money. And this year makes four years that I've been home and I haven't had not one single problem. I signed my parole papers Dang. on Friday, I'll be officially free. So oh I've my walked God, off my that is wonderful. I'm blessed. Yes, yes. yes blessed and yes. that's but I have to tell people. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. That is wonderful. I'm time. I think our next guest is here. I'm going to bring him on. 
and we'll um, continue um, talking to you as well, Casper. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. How are you doing? Jim, are you there? You can't hear me? Hello, welcome. Can can you hear me? I was like, hey. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying hello. What's going on? How you doing? What's up, uh, Castle? Hey, 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 good brother, Justin. Oh, my goodness. Okay, great. So, Justin, um, so you've been listening um, to me and Casper talk and about, you know, his story of what led him to this point where, you know, now he turned that that negative into a positive. Please tell the listeners a little bit about you, of what led you to this, you know, this turning your life around as well. Give us a little background story. Um, like, like Casper touched on in, in, in his journey and, and transitioning, like for me, man, I, you know, I'm 40 years old and, you know, I just was tired. I had been chasing like the wrong things, man, like all my life since, you know, uh, a youngster. And I can remember, you know, growing up and idolizing like my cousin and stuff like that. He was in the streets and I'm just seeing people in the neighborhood you know, the same the same stories in every neighborhood across the city. You know, it's really no different. Mm-hmm. You know, little little boy looks up to older family member who's in a game, wants to, you know, be into the game and just, you know, starts his whole life in and out detention homes and then fortunately goes to prison and stuff like that. I did two bids and it was not it was on my second bid and I'm like looking around and feeling like these dudes, I'm not like them. I don't. My story isn't of drug addiction and drug abuse like that. I had a criminal addictive uh, mentality in regards to loving the hustle, you know. So mm-hmm. what 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 I did then was just made a decision up and then was like, man, you know what? When I get home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a thousand percent into my God given talent, and I've been blessed to. Um, know how to draw and like I said when I was in prison I just tapped into it and it wasn't until um, like a war like we had this conversation before like different counselors and you know God put people in your path you know and mm-hmm. I ran across this, this warden and she reached out to me and she seen some of my drawings and stuff of that nature. And she just challenged me. You know, she asked me, like, brother, do you know how to draw um, paint? And I said, no. You know, and it just kind of morphed from there. So I was put in a position to um, learn how to paint in prison. So, like, my last two years in there, that's all I did every day, nonstop. So the same mm-hmm. routine and work ethic that I created and built in prison, I just bought it out here on the street. And I've been home. My third, my three-year anniversary will be August the first um, this year. Wow! You know, wow, wow, if any, wow. if any, any of our readers, uh, or excuse me, if any of our listeners are tuning in, if you follow me on my page, you see my work ethic. You see like the drawings and the books and stuff. Like I got six books out in three years. I only wrote one in prison. Everything else has been, you know, just the hard work and effort um, since I've been home. You know, like I say, running into good people uh, such as yourself, like um, 
I think I met you, Keisha. Uh, it was like I was home maybe a year and some change. Move that dough had just came out. I was um, yeah thinking about yeah. Was, doing like was, a part it was, two. It was early on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know, and just like Casper said, you always run into like different people who you know just want to give you different insight, and you was like one of the main ones who you know just gave me different jewels. You know, so um, you know, we, that's we, what we, I we do, Justin. Literary <laughs> jewels. <laughs> so. That's what I do. Yeah, I that was you those do, jewels. Man. You do, and it's just been a blessing, oh man. God. Like we got a, I think we got a, a friendship that that extends beyond like Facebook, you know, and that's that's oh, just yeah, something that's forcing. We're yeah, yeah, real. Like I cuss him out, I get mad at him, I hate him, then I love him, then I hate him. I do all of that stuff with him, but it's 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 all fine. It's just like it's one of those things where you just want to see people grow, and when you connect with them, um, you're looking at them, and it's like, okay, if you see them going down a road, it's like you want to stop them, but at the same time, you have to let them do what they have to do to really understand it. And, and I apply that to this this literary world where I I would look at Justin and I would say, Oh my goodness, like Justin, what are you doing? Or not even, what are you doing? It was like, I said, okay, when he started talking about the graphic design part, I'm like, he's a graphic designer. Oh, I'm about, he about to be my, um, my graphic designer. Yeah. And he'll just make me a whole bunch of book covers for work for free. Like yeah. I have to get free book covers and he'll just love me. And I'll just get all the yeah. free work I want. But it was, it was not even that. It was like, you know, I said, okay, first I wanted some free stuff, but then I would pay for it. So let me just put that out there. I will pay for it. And so yeah. then it was like, he had a talent. So when he started talking about this painting stuff and drawing, I remember him saying to me in my inbox, I want to draw a picture of you and your daughter. And I'm like, oh, I got to find one. And he was like, no, I want to do it. And I'm like, is that for real? I thought he was like kicking some game or something. I said, what? Like, you want to draw it? But then I started looking like he really draws. And I've never seen anything like that. And even now when he puts these live clips up of him sketching, I'm like, Wow, because I'm struggling coloring in between the lines with the coloring book. Like, look at this dude. <laughs> like, yeah. seriously. So it was like, wow. And so when I think of turning a negative into a positive, I see Justin because, like, it's more bigger than the books. Like, he came out with the book, and he was writing street lit. And I was like, no, write some erotica. You're a guy. They'll like that. Yeah, Chicks exactly, like writing. Exactly. They like when men do that. And so then it was exactly. like, no, but you got this graphic design stuff going on. And then I'm like, oh, wait. And it's like the paint, the sip. I said, oh, my goodness, he's in his own freaking lane. He's like way yeah. over there because nobody else is doing it. Because if you come to a paint and sip party with me, I ain't painting nothing. We'll do more sipping than painting. I can tell you that. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> yeah. I think you got to have, you got to have, and you got to come across people or quote unquote friends that challenge you. And, um, if your friends see you and and you just doing the same thing and y'all just doing the same thing every day or every week, like and there's no growth, you know you you become complacent. Like so, you have I feel like you just yeah. have to have people in your life that's going to challenge you to do more. Like you say, see more in you that you sometimes can actually see in yourself. You know that's just like yeah. the lady who seen at at the time like I wasn't, you know painting and drawing that wasn't even I used to use that as you know just an escape I never thought that it would take me as far as it took me like to this day look at you now 
you Amazon yeah. best-selling author. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> but um, Casper. But um, Casper, no, I, I get it. I was listening to Casper right before I at um, you you brought me on live, and you know he was touching mm-hmm. on you know his his journey and stuff like that, and we had this conversation before about doing a nonfiction book, and Casper. I'm going to give you a shout-out on this book because I think you gave me the title. I think my title might be Officially Free because you just mm. said that. Oh. You just said that a few minutes ago, and I was like, man, that's, that's dope right there, Officially Free. You know, free from yeah. the the ideology or the concept that you have to be the man. You know, and I feel like my original title was going to be called Just to Get a Rep because I felt like in every situation in the hood, what we're trying to do is have our name. We want that reputation. We want to be known for something. You know what I'm saying? So that what mm-hmm. makes us chase this money. This what makes us, you know, hustle these drugs and get this girl, get the baddest chicks. You got to be bad and bougie. Like we doing all this just for that <laughs> reputation. You know what I'm saying? And not as a negative, you can also look at it from a positive aspect too when you want to be that stellar um employee on your job like you want to be known on your job for having that awesome work ethic as a leader you know what i'm saying so these it's not having a reputation is not a bad thing but when you use it in the in in, i feel like in a bad way that's when you know things can go sideways but um like i say when i made that decision i knew full well that i wasn't gonna go back and i had one situation where I was home and I seen a friend of mine, you know, he was all on the Instagram and he got the pictures with the money, he got the girls and I was like, Damn, bro, you alright? I'm trying to I'm trying to do what you doing. You know, 'cause at the time I hadn't even started the painting sips yet and I was going through a rough patch. Now mind you, if if anybody that has a family member or whatever and they come home from incarceration, man, stay close to them. You know, stay in their ears, mm. you know, check up on them and stuff like that. Because a lot of times when dudes come home, you have all the good intentions to do good. You done walked the yard in there, you done told yourself, man, if I didn't work the, um, these prison jobs for 35 and 40 cents and get $30 a month and you surviving off that, you feel like when you hit these streets, you're going to be able to do the same thing. But when you start to fill out them applications and go to these jobs and they constantly telling you no, 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 after a while, as a man, you want to feel like you're bringing something to the table, especially if you're involved with, um, if you got kids or you're trying to pick up a lady friend. Like you want to feel like you're a man. And if you can't provide as a man, then that's what's going to make you get back in there and do what you are comfortable doing. And that's why I feel like mm. the recidivism rate is what it is because a lot of times when dudes come home, they feeling like, man, they're going to try it the right way. But after being turned down, they say, well, shit, let me go back doing what I'm used to. And that's how a few times they might get away. But, you know, in the long run, you get caught. So going back to my mm. story, I, was, I had seen a friend of mine, had reached out to him. And I go to his house to meet up with him, Keisha. And he, right before I came to his house, he said, bro, he said, bring me $100, but bring it to me in singles. 
So I said, all right. Now, don't let me see this in any book, y'all, because I'm going to put this in my book. (laughs) 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 Look, you are here. No, real talk. I heard him say singles. I'm like, are they about to go to the strip club? You know what I'm saying? But look, (laughs) so I go to his house. Hey, Casper, it was crazy. I go to his brother's house. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, look, I go inside the the brother's house, man, and they is printing money. They got they turning the dollars into twenties and fifties. Yo. What? I sat in that house. Yeah, hey look, real talk. I sat in that house and the whole time I was in there, my heart was out my chest. Because I know you were paranoid. I said, Man, just my luck. Police come in here and how can I explain this to anybody? You know what I'm saying? Like my family and loved ones who've been riding with me. Like, they're not going to understand. They're going to be like, Justin, come on. You got all this potential. You've been telling us you're going to do X, Y, Z. How did you put yourself in this position? So what I did when I left out that brother house that day, and I ain't even looked back at the $100 that I left. Man, I went and I deleted that nigga. That, I deleted his number out my phone. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Because I just can't put myself in that position. You know what I mean? And you find it. I don't want to take over the show. I don't want to take over the show, Keith. Hey, yeah, yeah I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you, like, I got to get my other guests on. Because you yeah. got you over there. Woo. Can I um, something real I'm quick to Justin? Story, though, just so you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, brother Justin, first and foremost, I salute you, my brother, for changing and turning your life around. And our young black men need more stories like you and more heroes to look up to like you. So, like I said, I salute you. Um and real quick, when I said about officially free, because you you notice too, like we have people walking the streets, but they may be they physically free, but they may may be mentally incarcerated to uh-huh. all types of stuff, whether it's depression, whether it's that street mentality, that deep rooted criminal thinking that we all had for such a long period of time. So that's why I say unofficially free, because you got people walking the streets every day that's just that's not. Mentally free, they physically free, yeah. and people like uh-huh. us. When we made that decision in prison, we were free before they let us out the front gate, and that's the difference. Mm. That's we came difference. to a place in our life like where success means more to us than failure, and that's what I have oh. to tell people today. Like to endure in today's economy in this tough world, you want to be successful, make the decision that success means more to you than failure. So no matter what it is on this journey that you go through in life, when you success means more to you than failure, you're going to overcome. You're going to keep pushing forward no matter what. And I'm a living testimony of that. So people ask me, how did you start two businesses off a $10 an hour job? I said, in this process, I lost my wife. I'm going through a nasty custody battle with my children, despite me mentoring everything that I went through, everything that I went through. I had to push forward because success means more to me than failure. Statistically, statistically, I was supposed to be back in jail by now. Statistically. Definitely. Yeah. Because I I, I sold drugs since I was 12 years old. So statistically, they thought, they go, they said, this is all he knows. It's all he wants to accept. Right. But I tell people, I don't believe in that. I hate when people say, this is all I know. That's all you choose to know. I taught myself real estate day and night. Day and night, and I came home okay. and started a real estate company. Wait a minute, Casper. So, I got to bring in our last guest, too, because yeah. this is getting good. And I want 
I want him to be on the line too, so he can get a piece of this conversation. But um, this is the final, the final guest on the panel from VOC to CEO, Mr. Blacktop. Let me see, Blacktop. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. How you doing? I can't complain. I can't complain. Hey, hey. So I yeah, know you've man. been listening in the queue, like, you know, yeah, listening to yeah. um, Casper and Justin. And before, um, I want you to jump right in, and then, you know, I want you to come back and talk about what you heard. But jump right in and tell tell the listeners your story and how you turned um, it around. Oh, man. Well, you know, much like uh, Casper was just saying, man, I, I've been selling drugs since I was 12 years old. Um, soon after my father passed, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't have that, that stern hand, you know what I'm saying? My mom was like, you know, a little five foot two firecracker, but you know, it's hard to control a boy, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I chose the streets. Um, things got really hard in Dallas, you know what I'm saying? So my mom picked up and moved to Florida and I wasn't, I wasn't really with that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I was I was immersed in the gang culture. You know what I'm saying? I was immo- immersed in the in in the drug culture. You know what I'm saying? And you know, doing things behind my mom's back. So when she picked up and moved to Florida, I was like, you know, let's let's make a deal. She was like, well, what's the deal? I was like, I, I want to go back to Texas, you know, and live with my godfather. She said, well, you can you can go to Texas and live with your godfather, but if your grades slip, you know what I'm saying? Like you you got to come back to Florida. So I was studying. You know what I'm saying, and and um make sure that my grades were straight, so that I could I could basically fly up under the radar um in dealing with my mom. You know okay. what I'm saying, and um you know it just you know things things took a, a turn for the worse for me. Um you know I, I found out early on that being smart, you can be real smart and be real dumb at the same time. So what mm-hmm. I what I figured out was that that uh crack cocaine and and um and heroin, you know, they, they, they synergize, you know what I'm saying? They, they make a, a really lovely marriage. So what we used to do was we would take cocaine and, um, with heroin, making speed balls. So when people were buying a dope, they were thinking that they were getting just yellow butter dope. They were actually getting speed balls. So people were getting a high from the cocaine and getting a sickness from the heroin. So they, they could only score from us. You see what I'm saying? So, me and my god brother kind of kind of cornered a little market and made a whole lot of money in a, a short period of time. And um, the more money you make, you know, I, I hate to use the term haters. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times it's not that people hating on you. It's that you're doing reckless and dumb shit, you know, like buying cars before you got driver's licenses and um, wearing a whole <laughs> bunch of truck jewelry and, and drawing a whole lot of attention to yourself. So, Needless to say, after I graduated, and, and keep in mind, I graduated with honors, right? Uh, soon after I graduated. Oh, so you were the smart drug dealer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was a, I was a, a <laughs> in, intelligent hoodlum. <laughs> so uh, soon, soon after I graduated, man, I, uh, I, I got caught up, you know. And um, when I got caught up, the judge looked at me. Now, now, flash, you know, flashback to like when I was thirteen, right? Me and my god brother, we in a in a store. And um, we scoring on each other's moms, you know, like kids do. 
and and I never remember. I never forget the line. Like I <laughs> I told him, I say, uh, I say, nigga, your mama like a project screen dope. You know, the more you bang her, the looser she get, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he he hit me in my nose, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and we we tore up this store, right? So we had to go, we had to go to family court. And I was 13, and the judge that I, I went before, you know, he asked me all these questions about, because we tried to play it off like he is off the do. We were just playing, we were just playing, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, well, name, you know, three places that you play. So I was like, on the playground, he was like, okay. Uh, in the gym, he was like, okay. Like, in my room, he was like, okay, start right there. He was like, so you, you play in your room? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, you uh you got a stereo in your room? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, you got a TV in your room? I was like, yes, sir. He said, so if one of your friends come over and, and they break your stereo, would you expect them to pay for it? And me being dumb, I was like, yeah, because that's my stuff, blah, blah, blah. He was like, that's why your mama going to pay for this window that y'all broke in this store. Right? So at, at 19 years old, I go I go before felony district court, and it's the exact same judge. And he had told me, never come to my courtroom. Right. So now he's a district judge. I go back to the courtroom and he remembered me and he was like, oh, you the, you the one that like to break windows. You know, he was like, you know, I'm looking I'm looking over your transcripts. He was like, and, and you're, you're a very intelligent young man. He said, but the problem is, is that you're too smart for your own good. He was like, so I'm, I'm going to give you some time and it, it's going to sit you down a while. He said, because. At the rate you're going, you're trying to be a kingpin, and I can't have that on the streets of South Dallas. So they sentenced me to 40 years. So my, you know, when when he when he slapped the gavel and said 40 years, like my knees buckled <laughs> until until the judge until the uh, my lawyer explained to to me and my mom that in the state of Texas during that time, you know, this is the old law. For every 10 years you got, you only had to do a little under two years. You see what I'm saying? So basically what it amounted to was me doing seven years. Um, you know, that the drug dealing the drug dealing aspect, like I I like the money, you know what I'm saying, but the consequences always outweigh the benefits. You see what I'm saying? Because if you think about it, the average drug dealer, you know, even when you're making good money, if you think about the hours spent selling drugs, the hours spent watching your back, the hours spent with no sleep all of the hours compiled, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You, you're probably making a little over minimum wage. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention the fact that, that you don't have any benefits. Now, you know, people people can argue the fact that, you know, you see thousands and thousands of dollars and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But we're talking about when you when you go into doing pure mathematics. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you're probably making somewhere around $9, $10 an hour. You see what I'm saying? So just like um, Justin was saying earlier, when I got to prison – you know, in Texas, you don't get paid. You see what I'm saying? Like, they three hots in a cot oh, wow. is what they pay you. Yeah, and, and if you don't work, you don't eat. So when I got down there at 19 years old, like, my mentality was still like, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a maid nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was having paper on the street. My homeboy was like, you ain't on the street no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, this is the real deal, Junior. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to wake up or whatever. So, um... I, I just remember, you know what I'm saying, thinking to myself, like, damn, I, I know I broke my mom's heart, you know what I'm saying, because she knew, she didn't know anything that I had done, you know what I'm saying, in, in my lifetime. And for a while, yeah, for a while, like, I, I was I was still using excuses, like, you know, I came up rough, 
you know what I'm saying? This is this is what they do in the hood, you know what I'm saying? This is what they do in my hood, you know, this is what it's about, you know what I'm saying? I'm about it, I'm about it, I'm about it. You see what I'm saying? And then I think it was about maybe well let me back up a little bit. The first the first year I was in I was like, Yeah, man, when I get out, you know what I'm saying, I'm gonna give me a couple of keys, you know what I'm saying, I'm finna run it, I'm finna get back on, blah, 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 blah. Second and third year I was like, Shit, yeah, it's it's only cracking when I get out, you know what I'm saying? Like the world waiting on me. They need me. You know what I'm saying? Like, streets of South Dallas ain't been the same since I've been gone. Cause, you know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. That fourth and fifth year, I was like, well, shit, you know, maybe I might just give me a little key and, you know, kind of keep it low key and, you know, I ain't going to get out there, you know, like I used to be. Then by that sixth or seventh year, I was like, man, fuck them drugs. I was like, this shit is unreal, man. You know what I'm saying? So I started, I started thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a way, it's got to be a way, you know what I'm saying, to keep yourself out of prison. And my mom asked me a real hard question, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, she came to see me. I was on Cofield, and she said, um, she said, so what you going to do when you get out? And I said, I, I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? She was like, well, I just need you mm-hmm. to promise me, you know what I'm saying, that, that you're not going to go back to the streets. And I told her, I say, man, you you got my word. I say, if if I have to shovel shit at a carnival, you know what I'm saying, I never see the inside of a prison gate by my hand. I say, if if it comes down to selling drugs, you never have to worry about visiting me in prison again. I say, now I, I can't promise that one of these niggas won't make me kill them. I say, but I will promise you that I'm not going back to prison to selling no drugs. You know, so it was a it was a running joke with me and my mom. You know what I'm saying. But what happened with me and, and, you know, as a turning point is uh, running the streets of South Dallas, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, how cheers is when they say, you know, you want to be where everybody knows your name. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody knew me in South Dallas. You know what I'm saying? So it was hard for me to leave. But what happened is I, I felt myself losing grip and losing sight of that promise that I had made my mom. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like, it was time for me to make a change. So I, I just packed up my shit, man. I packed up my car, you know what I'm saying, with all my stuff. I had clothes, all my furniture I left in my house, you know what I'm saying, packed my clothes, put in for my transfer, interstate compact, you know what I'm saying, and I jetted to Florida, you know what I'm saying. And my homeboy's like, nigga, we ain't even know you was gone. Because I was like, yeah, man, you know what I'm saying, because I know me. You know what I'm saying, like, all my homeboys are still doing it. You know what I'm saying, and I, I'm like, you know, I, I still got the same friends that I had since fourth, fifth grade. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm real close with these cats. And to see them still getting it like they getting it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to work every day getting dirty. I'm like, man, this ain't living. You see what I'm saying? But the thought of going back to prison always kept me grounded. You see what I'm saying? Because, you know, you've got somebody telling you when to take a shit, when to go to sleep, when to wake up, when to go to work what you can have for dinner, what you can have for breakfast, mm-hmm. what you can have for lunch if you get lunch because if you don't work, you don't eat. You see what I'm saying? So all of that wow. was weighing heavy on my mind. And I had come from, I had come, man, when I first got out of prison, right, I was working at Dunkin' Donuts. I was making $6.50 an hour on that job. And then the owner of that franchise was like, do you want a second job because you're a hardworking man? I was like, yeah, what, what is it? He was like, well, you know how to be a make ready? I was like, I don't even know what that is, man. He was like, it's just going from apartment to apartment, making sure that, you know, the carpet is right, the paint is right, the air conditioner filters are changed, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, I, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, okay, the job is from 8 to 5. He was like, and it pay $9 an hour. I was like, okay. So 
<laughs> me, I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, I got a daughter, you know what I'm saying? She don't really know me like that, you know what I'm saying? Because I was gone. Like, I I went to prison right before my daughter was born, you know what I'm saying? And then when I came home, she was born in the third grade. So it's like, you know, we didn't really have a connection, but I knew that financially, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was obligated. Like, this is my seat, you see what I'm saying? So I would take that entire Dunkin' Donuts check, give it to her mom, you know what I'm saying, send it to Texas for her mom, and I'd keep the little real estate check, you see what I'm saying? So I did that, and then my homeboy was like, man, you're killing yourself. You know what I'm saying? It was a friend of my sister's. He was like, killing yourself. Why don't you come to this job? You know what I'm saying? He was like, they'll start you off at $11 an hour. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, you, you just work 10 hours a day. I was like, okay, cool. I started doing the math in my head. I was like, well, shit, if I can get some overtime, that's more money than I'm making right now. You know what I'm saying? So I did that. Then... You know, chasing a woman, like Justin said, you know, everything, just so people know, everything that men do, we do for women. You know what I'm saying? Like, even even keeping our shit together. Like, we know now that women just really don't like fuck us, so we try to keep our thing together. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> we do, man. You know what I'm saying? But, so I was, I was chasing, I was chasing a woman and went back to Texas, right? And, um. I was right back. I was right back in that element, you know what I'm saying, around my homeboys, and um, I just I got tired, man. You know what I'm saying. So I I stepped into I stepped to one of my homeboys, and he was like, I, I asked him, I was like, dog, y'all hiring? He was like, yeah, we hiring. You know what I'm saying. He was like, but let us listen. You you can't come on this job with that bullshit, bro. You know what I'm saying. I was like, what you talking about? He was like, you know this this is corporate America. You know what I'm saying. Like if you if you go this that route, you know what I'm saying. Like they gonna call them folks on you. I was like, okay. But I still had that institutionalized mentality. You see what I'm saying? So I got the job. I'm working. You know what I'm saying? Doing good. Started me out. I think I started at like twelve or thirteen dollars an hour. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then my supervisor like cornered me and started yelling at me. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. everything went out of the door. You see what I'm saying? Like I I was I was right back on Cofield unit. You know what I'm saying? F block. And everything was out of the window. You know what I'm saying? So I, I whooped the dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about stomping him. You know what I'm saying? And um, the, wow. the head supervisor was like, yeah, the head supervisor was like, that's it. You're done. I'm like, you fired. I'm like, oh, you firing me? He was like, yeah, you fired. So I started chasing other dudes around the truck. He was like, what are you doing? I was oh, like, wow. man, I can't go to my parole. Yeah, I was like, I can't go to my parole officer until I got fucking fired. I was like, so I'm going to kill this motherfucker. If you're going to send me back to prison, like, I'm going for a reason. So he was like, okay, 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 wow. okay. You got, you got your job. You know what I'm saying? So they gave my job back. I got into another fight a few months later. You know what I'm saying? And then my homeboy, he had... Yeah, I was, I was, and then my home, but I was, I was fresh out, man. I hadn't been out a good year yet, you know what I'm saying? So I still had that that mentality. Because I'm listening to your story, like, oh my goodness, like you got out, you're you're getting a job, and that's where you're supposed to tell us your happy ending, because like Casper has his happy ending, Justin got his, and you haven't even got to the root of me writing, you know, you oh, writing oh, a book, you still. Oh no, no, yeah. Well, well, you got to remember, you got to. I got out of prison. I got out of prison March 11, nineteen ninety nine. I been. I just celebrated Saturday. I just celebrated eighteen years of freedom, man. You know what I'm saying? So wow. I haven't so much as had a, a traffic ticket. You see what I'm saying? Like that's what. Basically, what I was trying to get to is like it's a growing process. You see what I'm saying? Like you have to, you have to train yourself and and and, and change your mentality until you change your mentality the same things happen. You see what I'm saying? Like 
it's a it's a it's basically like having chains on your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be free, like you said, you can be free physically, but mentally you're still chained. And what happened was I was still in prison in my mind until I figured out. You see what I'm saying? That damn, I'm giving these people what they want. Like I think I think listening to mm-hmm. these cats from the accents, I would assume that they're from New York. You know what I'm saying? And I don't I don't know the recidivism rate in in New York, but in Texas it's eighty percent. And that was a few years ago, so it may even be higher now. You see what I'm saying? So that means that uh, eight out of ten people that they release end up back in prison in Texas. And and Texas is is wow. a big part of the prison industrial complex. You see what I'm saying? Like the private prison council. Do you know is, the is, statistics, guys? I'm sorry when to cut you off, Blacktop. But you, um, but Casper and Justin, do you guys know the statistics for your state? Like he's saying eight, you know, eight out of ten. What well, about you guys? Well, in Pennsylvania, like you said, people like uh, Brother Black, I salute you as well. Like I salute Justin, man, just staying focused. Um, we got a few things going on here, man. Like we're getting heat. We're going to get heated and real with this interview. First and mm-hmm. foremost, Keith, like me and Justin might have said about happy ending, but make no mistake about it, like you read the book, I had struggles on the way getting to this yeah. point where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'll be, I'm going to be all the way honest with y'all. Like you, had, you got me on the show. I'm going to be honest. I got to a situation where I wanted to, when my kid's mom started playing with me, like, you know, the thing when you change, you got to learn to handle your problems differently. Like, I knew for 25 right. years how to handle my problems a certain way, which is in the streets. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody violated, you go pick the pistols up and you get it in. So yeah, I had to yeah. learn how to handle problems differently. When I ran into the cat that stole 2,500 books out of my bookstore, I had to learn how to handle my problems differently. So it has not been easy. And but right. going back to statistics, um, one out of every three men in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania don't play, um, wow. will be incarcerated. Pennsylvania is another state like Texas um, where the private prison system is big. I just learned this as I started mentoring these children. That's why I work so hard with my mentorship program with these kids because in the state of Pennsylvania, when they uh, politicians is trying to build a new prison, they look at fifth graders, and they said, if you're in the fifth grade and you read on the third grade level, you are destined for prison. Yeah, and that's and that's how they that's how they determine the amount of prisons that they're gonna build. You exactly. see what I'm saying? By yeah, exactly. by, by our boys. You see what I'm saying? And I thought wow. I swear I was I was talking to a bookstore owner in Cocoa Beach, right? And I was telling her that I, I wanted to do a benefit for these boys because and she asked me why and I told her I say because you know, once once we reach the system it's too late. You see what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. we, we literally yeah, we literally have to put up a wall you know, between our boys and our girls too, you know what I'm saying? And the system, mm-hmm. because by the time they reach the system, like rehabilitation, let me tell you something, rehabilitation, they say rehabilitation, but it, it doesn't work. And, and I'll tell you why. Okay. For, for 18 years, for 18 years, I've been doing everything that I was supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? 2012, I dropped my first book. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just released, well, I'm getting ready to release my ninth. Right, um, I own Najee Don clothing line. Right, I dropped a video game. Okay, me and my wife run Ink Slinger Graphic Tees, you know, and I work a nine to five. So I'm out of my house every morning by five, and I literally walked in the house at seven fifteen. You see what I'm saying? I I work probably for one of the largest engineering firms in the southern region of the United States. You see what I'm saying? 
Now, I had these wow. people to write the governor of Texas, you understand, along with my pardon papers. And he, he they told him, they was like, listen, this man is, is single-handedly with him and his squad that, that he oversees at our company is single-handedly uh, responsible for over $500 million worth of infrastructure uh Reimprovements in the state of Florida. Like we need him to travel. You know what I'm saying? We need him to do this. If there's any way, you know what I'm saying? Blah blah blah. Just character references, right? I've done everything that they asked me to do, and this motherfucker, because he's friends with Trump, he denied me. He's a Republican. You see what I'm saying? So if if I'm not if I'm not a poster boy for rehabilitation, who is? You see what I'm saying? You know. So that's why I say like the the the. The, the 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 myth of the myth of rehabilitation is it's only a myth. What we are to them is a dollar sign. You see what I'm saying? I'm still on parole. Now I have a little more freedom because I've been out, you know what I'm saying, eighteen years, so I'm able to move the way that I want to move. But it's not about rehabilitation with the prison system. It's about dollar signs. You see what I'm saying? For every young man that's yeah, for every young man that's either currently Yeah, that's either currently incarcerated yeah, for every young man is either currently incarcerated or still on parole, that state that he's on parole from still draws a check from the federal government for that young man. You see what I'm saying? So it's all about the dollar signs. It has nothing to do with rehabilitation. So when they say that, you know, our boy is this and our boy is that, we, we have a um, statistically, you see what I'm saying, they put a jacket on our back that we wear proudly not knowing that we shouldn't wear it in the first place. And and I think Casper touched on it. I'm not sure if it was Casper or Justin, but they touched on it saying I think it was Justin saying that we do it for the reputation. Like we, we you know, we, we walk around with that bravado on our chest. You know what I'm saying? We we walk around with that. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what you know, this nigga ain't gonna test me. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna see what's happening. You see what I'm saying? And and not understanding the whole time that these people that's what they waiting on, man. You know, yeah, they wait they waiting on that. That's definitely true. Justin, I want you to jump in and because we were talking about the statistics, what is it for Virginia? Just to give the listeners an idea, like what you know, people coming home are against. As far as statistics, like uh, one out of three, and like I, mm-hmm. I couldn't quote. Right. I could, you know, I can go to, to Google and you know real fast and tell you, you know, according to Google statistics, they say it's thirty uh, percent almost. But it's, I know it's big business, especially in Virginia, because Virginia, just like Texas, is one of it's a well, Virginia is a Commonwealth, and mm-hmm. man, they man they is kill, killing the game. You know, they get us up in these in these prisons, and we 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 making furniture, we making clothes. You know, yeah. we just we it's 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 the slavery all over. And Michelle, I think her name is Michelle Singletary, where she come with the new Jim Crow laws. Uh, and she talks about the mass incarceration and just how um, it, it's be- it's becoming a money game. Yeah, know? I just yeah. I just finished that book, bro. That that was it Man. was deep too. Her name yeah. Michelle Alexander. Yeah, she raw with it. Michelle Alexander. Just the new new um. Man. Oh, hello. What happened? Yeah. Hello? I'm- I'm here. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Justin, you were saying it got real silent. Like, go ahead. No. 
Now, so now you're sounding like a Martian. Yeah, yeah like I think you, you got some static. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm driving now, so I'm in these little woods. But the the new thing is how um these certain conventions keeping you from housing, employment. It's just so much. Wow. Wow. It, oh my it goodness. Is. You know, it um, is. It's, it's like, go ahead. I'm sorry. Brother, Who brother, brother Black touched on something too, like, um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say some reach out to our listeners because you know I'm with Brother Black on this. Like numerically, when you break things down from the game, you know I did it for 25 years. Um, it it equals out to like minimum wage. So, but it may be a listener that might be in the streets that might you know because his ego, his revival might be saying, I'm getting more than minimum wage. Let me say this: like one right, thing that I right. do know, my philosophy mm-hmm. is that I tell people, um, I got a thing. I lost. I got arrested in 2004 for the homicide. Um, I lost my store because I was surrounding myself with negative people. Um, God woke me up out of my sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to get me to just be still. And um, so I was just like, what's, what's? and the word came to me was nigonometry. Now, a nigger, mm. according to the dictionary, is an ignorant person regardless of race, color, or creed. And nigonometry and ology is usually dealing with science or math. So we compounded mm-hmm. the words. It was nigonometry, nigger math, the things that niggas do with the math don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. So a young kid go floss for two years and got to go do 20 behind it? Yeah. It's nigger math. Yeah. So you may have somebody listening that might say, oh, well, you know what, I'm getting more than minimum wage, but at the end of the day, you know, we got black men being sentenced to more years than they've been on this earth. It's nigger math. It don't make no sense. And two, I don't even speak for myself. I hold me accountable. In 2011, I got arrested with three pounds. I lost three businesses, and I did three years. That's mm. nigga math. Yeah. The things niggas do with the math don't make no sense. So this is why yeah. I work hard to tell people to get out of that street, be, them streets, because, and, you know, and it's good to see brothers like Black and Justin and myself, man, because we are winning righteously. We all still may have our struggles. Everything ain't peaches, but we don't have the problems of them streets anymore. Dog, I'll I tell you, I, and I, I'll be totally honest, man, I think it probably was probably the first two or three years that I was free, bro, like, I literally used to sit on the side of my bed, you know what I'm saying, and, and just think, like, damn, I ought to go back to these streets, man, because it's bullshit. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm working too hard, and I ain't making shit. You see what I'm saying? But I walked outside. And see, one, one thing about me, man, is, like, I'm I'm not a, a really religious person, but I'm I'm very, very spiritual. And, and like Casper said about being still, you see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times... We'll pray, we'll pray, we'll pray, and we'll ask, and we'll ask, and we'll ask. But the problem is, is that we don't know how to listen. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of times, you'll hear the answer, you see what I'm saying, regardless of who you believe in. You see what I'm saying? Listen, if you don't believe in God, that's your thing, man. Talk to the universe. You see what I'm saying? But the universe, God, Allah, Buddha, whoever you're praying to, they'll give you the answers that you're asking for if you be still long enough to listen. You see what I'm saying? And that's what happens with a lot of us. Like, we know we know when we're not living right because it's a feeling that you get. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember looking at one of my homeboys, and I'm talking about he was he was beating his girl mercilessly in the middle of the street. You know what I'm saying? God bless the dead to my homeboy. You know what I'm saying? But he was beating his girl mercilessly, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and I looked at my God, bro, and I was like, man, that nigga got death on him, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like, you see the, the look in his face? 
You see what I'm saying? And, and three days later, he was dead. You see what I'm saying? A youngster blew his head off. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times we can feel when we're not living right. You see what I'm saying? But what we do is we 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 throw it to the side. Is that that's just my mind talking to me? You see, no, nah, that's that higher power talking to you, telling you need to get right, man. You see what I'm saying? But we don't. And you know, you, you know how people say, you know, too too blessed to be stressed and blah blah blah. You know, they throw these terms out there, but it's it's really real, man. You see what I'm saying? Like when when you step and you get quiet and you get still. You see what I'm saying? And you listen, man, the the whole universe will open up to you, man, and you can see it. You see what I'm saying? Like you can see your steps before you even take steps. So what I had to do was get still and listen to my God. You see what I'm saying? And and let him guide me and open my heart. You see what I'm saying? I, I ain't trying to preach. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling y'all my steps. You see what I'm saying? How I had to do things. Like that's why. I've been here for 18 years. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I don't spit on the sidewalk. I don't throw no paper out the window. You see what I'm saying? It ain't got nothing to do with being scared, but I love my freedom. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got three babies, man. I'm talking about, and I'm 44 years old. You see what I'm saying? I got three babies at the house. I got a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a six-year-old. That as soon as I walk in the door, it's daddy, 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 daddy. This is what I did today. Blah, 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 blah. That there means more to me than proving anything to anybody. You see what I'm saying? Like, you got to find that reason, man. But you got to be willing to listen, too. Exactly. Mm, wow. Exactly. You guys, oh, I, this, oh, my goodness. It is like the perspectives from the three of you, Casper, Justin, and Blacktop. Like, wow. It's just, you know, what you guys go through, what your life is about now um, after the incarceration. Let me ask you, and I'm going to start with you. You, Casper, then Justin, and um, Blacktop, were you ever, or I won't even say were you ever, being in the literary industry, you're an author and people respect you for your writing and, you know, your technique that you bring to literature. Were you, did you ever feel that you had to censor your background or you didn't want them to know? And if so, why? I'll start with you, Casper, then Justin, and Blacktop. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, and I know exactly what you're saying. I personally felt I didn't because that's the blessing and the journey for me, and that's what has helped me. Um, when I came home three days after, as you know, I talked about in the book, when I approached the, the director of economic development in New York where I live at and told him about my real estate plans, I told him I just got out. I was, one thing about me, I'm brutally honest about my story. He told me, he pulled me in his office, and he was like, listen, bro, stop telling people that. He's like, I did 10 years myself, and I was blessed to get this position. Um, I don't tell people, I, you know, if jail ever come up, I say I went to the school of hard knocks. But I had to tell him, I said, listen, I don't hide from my story because I don't want to be exposed. You know, my journey is my journey, and that, it has been a blessing to me, for me. So I never, I never really feel like I, I, I tell people from the rip, I don't care who I meet. Like, I do community work now under the mayor here. Anybody I meet, I tell mm-hmm. them from the rip. I did ten years in prison. I tell wow. them because I mean Justin. it's my it's my journey and it has been, you know, it's my life. I don't run from it. I don't hide it, and it is part of my purpose in life anyway. Like I really feel like I said, this God's will for my life because this is why I'm here today. Because I was a victim of police brutality. I mean, I was laid in a pool of blood when police bust my head open in 1992. I was on Rikers Island with stitches in my head, bust halfway open. Like, I didn't, 
numerous attempts of murder on my life. Like I have, it's God's plan for my life, so I don't hide from it. I don't deny it because I know that I'm truly blessed to be here today. And men like me with that deep rooted criminal thinking, they don't change every day. Mm-hmm. So for me to change, I know it's the work of God, and I don't hide it. I, I put it out there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But So, Justin, what about you? Did you ever feel like coming into this industry that you had to hide it? When you came into my inbox asking me about something, did you feel like you could be you? Or you had to, like, sugarcoat it? I'm kidding. <laughs> Justin, just answer the question. <laughs> Justin, come on. That's where you're supposed to, supposed to speak. Is he still in the woods, y'all? I Is think he got disconnected. Just, came, just left us? Black Tom, what about you? We're going to move over to you then. Well, look, I'm always afraid oh. to ask you because you was punching people at the job when they was trying to fire you. So. <laughs> nah, but but you know that I still I came I came out with that I was still in prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in, in prison, you know, you like I tell people like now, you know, people ask me like, Nick, you always smile, Nick. What you smiling about? You know what I'm saying? And uh, mm-hmm. I tell them, I say, man, you know, coming from where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to train myself not to smile. You know what I'm saying? When I was in prison for seven years, you know okay. what I'm saying? You don't do no smiling, you know, because in Texas, the saying is, nigga, you green, you in. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, I won't go into details about what that means, but you just learn how to not smile. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now, okay. I train myself to smile, and I, I keep an easy smile. Um, with with hiding, man, I, I don't I don't hide, you know what I'm saying? And the reason I don't hide is, is a lot like Casper, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I, I had an amazing journey, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, not only did I do seven okay. years in prison, I've been shot five times, man. You see what I'm saying? And I, I, I'm really careful about saying I'm not supposed to be here because I'm here for a reason. Like, he, he still got me here for a reason. You see what I'm saying? So, no, I don't hide. When I meet people, you know, I don't, I don't just come right out and say, yeah, by the way, you know, I've been to prison and shit, too, you know. But if, if it ever comes up, you know, yeah. if it ever comes up, like, I, I, I'm i quick to tell them, like, listen, man, I did a lot of time. I, I give you a prime example, man. We were doing a um a redevelopment project in Delray Beach, right? And uh, we were in the hood and shit. So, you know, they, they sent me out. They sent me out with, I think it was a, a, little, a little bitty-ass white lady and a, a, a old-ass white dude, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we out there, and a um, dude came up. He was like, say, man, uh, nigga, I know you the police, and blah, 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 blah. And y'all out here, y'all trying to play like y'all looking around and shit, but y'all probably setting up cameras and shit. And I flipped, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, motherfucker, as much time as I did in prison, you uh, fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. motherfucker, are you crazy? <laughs> and he was like, nah, Black, I'm just fucking with y'all. Like, dog, I fuck around in a many ways, bro. That ain't one of them, player. Yeah, no, I'm, no don't play with me about no police. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when they left, the lady just turned me. She was like, wow, you just flipped on the drop of a dime. I said, say, man, I play a whole lot of ways, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but about them police, I ain't one of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, don't, yeah, don't, don't, play, don't with play with me like that, man. Don't play with me about being no informant or none of that. I don't play that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, niggas uh, in my I'm neighborhood like lose their life for snitching. You know what I'm saying? You know? Definitely. So I don't, I don't do no hide, you know? No, but I didn't hey. know. Like you said, there's a way to, you know, to play around. But, Justin, I had asked you, and then you got lost in the yes. woods, and so I wanted to no, know. I heard you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, no, I was, I was trying to say something and everything. 
I had I had went from my my headphones to the speaker. I was like, hey, come on here, don't hang up on me. <laughs> but, the, but yeah, like so, I wanted to ask you that. So, like, did you feel? Were you nervous when you were, you know, merging into this, you know, this author world of telling people your story, or did you just want them to? Okay, I write street lit. This is it, and only a certain, you know, a little bit of people would know. Or it was in the open. No, nah, uh, prison, prison. My prison experience didn't define me. You know, like it's not who I am for real, for real. When I'm out and about okay. in the public setting, and I'm, you know, introducing people either to my books or my artwork, like I don't bring it up because I don't want to use it as a crutch. You know, you find sometimes dudes okay. use it as a crutch. Man, I've been locked up you know, 15 years, and they looking for handouts or help out. And I'm a prideful dude, so I'm never wanting to, you know, come across as that person who, you know, looking for that that handout like that. So, but when I'm in the capacity where I'm talking to kids or uh, somebody asks me a question, then, yeah, I'm going to tell them, yeah, I did, I did two bids, but this is what I've done to turn that around. And, and ghosts, uh, and um and the brother they was talking and I, uh, earlier about you know you called him ghost is Casper Did I mean Casper Jesus Christ look no I'm it's thinking, cool it's cool hey, now, hey look we got we got a hey, shout out shout out now nah, to Ghost out here in Richmond because that's who I was thinking about man I'm thinking about Manny um the author out here in Richmond but. You know, you okay. talked to okay. earlier. That's a clean. That's a good clean up. Go ahead. Yeah, nah. He talked earlier about you know, <laughs> um, not not really being you know, uh, real religious, um, but actually speaking things into existence. And I'm a firm believer into positive energy and just having positive thoughts. You know, because when you said you sat uh-huh. on that bed, man, and and you you know you was thinking and you was contemplating about getting back in the game. Hey, bro, I think I think anybody who have went to prison or whatnot and has made that decision about changing their life, and then when they hit the streets, they think about when they find themselves in them, them tough situations about stepping back out there. And there's been times, brother, I'm talking about um, as recently as maybe last year where I was that same dude sitting on my bed, and I'm like, man, I know how to do too many things. Why do mm-hmm. I have? Thirteen dollars in my account, and I got fifty bills that's damn near due. You know what I'm saying? But a friend of mine reached out to me, and I was expressing it to her, and she was like, "Brother, she was like, man, just keep praying, keep being consistent, keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing because things is going to turn around." And brother, and this ain't no lie, and I ain't no real religious person, but I started praying. And I started speaking it into existence that things was going to change. And not even a week later, I got flooded with so many orders for graphics and for portraits and for paint parties that it mind boggled me. Like it was scary, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. it was a time. It was a time where Virginia Credit Union was wouldn't even give me a twenty five hundred dollar loan for my business. And here it is. Wow. Fast forward, damn near a year later. I got Navy Federal giving me fifteen thousand without even showing. You hear me? Without even showing mm-hmm. proof of anything. I'm talking about mm-hmm. you calling up on the phone and saying, "Look, this is what I'm trying to do. This is how much I need to do it." And the people call me back and saying, "You approve." So I know it can happen. 
You know what I mean? I man, I know for a fact if if you stay consistent, man, things will change, man. It, yeah. I wasn't even I was battling with my son mother at the time, man. I got three boys. And my my youngest one my um my middle son, me and his mom was wasn't even talking or anything, man. And like I say, when, when Navy Federal called me and blessed me with that money, I said, God bless me with that money. I started asking for things that I thought was unattainable. And at the time, mm-hmm. the relationship with my son, I thought, was out of my reach. I was on the verge of moving to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Because I said, whoa, nothing popping for me out here in Virginia, so I'm going to start fresh in Atlanta. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my, my job. I'm going to take everything out there. I'm going to just start all over because if I don't have no relationship with my son or anything out here, what's the point of me being here? Right. And when, when I started, brother, when I, like I said, when I started praying, man, and I, and I asked for that change, and literally she called me up about a week or two later and was like, man, we need to go somewhere and we need to talk about the future of our child and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, it ain't nothing. And I tell anybody right now, I feel like if I ask for anything, it's going to come to me. Life, that's just yeah. how life for me is. Bruh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Check this out. So I was, before I started working this job right here, right, I was working for another engineering company. I won't, I won't say the name, but I started working for another engineering company. And, um, I went there, dog, and it was I, I wrote a book called Corporate America and I, I kinda outlined, you know, what, what it was that I went through, you know what I'm saying? But I fictionalized it, right? And um I, I've always been a, a praying man. You see what I'm saying? Because, you know, my, my mom and my dad told me, you know what I'm saying, I was consecrated in the womb, like I'm 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 a blessed child. You see what I'm saying? So I always been a heavy prayer, you know. And um, I was going through some, man, some real racial issues at this job, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about, when I say heavy, I'm talking about heavy to the point to where it was it was basically testing my gangster. You see what I'm saying? And I, I remember, man, driving home one day, and, and, and my, my hand was on the steering wheel, and I was shaking. And I, I pulled over on the freeway, bro, and I was like, come on, man. Come on, man. You know this ain't what it is, man. Like, I, I, I just, I got to touch him. You know what I'm saying? And and my mind, God kept telling me, no, nah, this ain't what it is. Just stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And I got home that night, and I told my wife, I said, man, I said I, I think I'm gonna end up going back to prison. And she was like, why you say that? I say, cause this white boy keep trying me on this job, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I say this. I say he didn't call me everything but a child of God, man. I say, and I ain't built like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and my wife looked at me. She said, baby. She say, if you whoop him, that ass whooping gonna last a couple of weeks. You understand? She was like, you going to prison, away from me and the kids. You know what I'm saying? And you lose, he win. You know what I'm saying? She was like, a, a ass whooping don't last that long. She say, but if you hit him in his pocket, it'll last a lifetime. And I'm talking about when when she said that, bruh, Not only did a light go off in my head, you see what I'm saying? But I, I felt like. It's 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 almost indescribable, dog. It was it was like I won't say a weight was lifted off my shoulders because that's too cliche. But I I caught a cold chill, bro. Like that's why I told you to chill out. You see what I'm saying? Now do what she just said. You see what I'm saying? So I started hitting. I started hitting these attorneys, and I just started outlining what this dude had said to me. And this one attorney hit me back, and he said, you know, I never take a case 
unless I feel like I can get two or three million dollars or better. He was like, and and this is a good one. He was like, how how uh, many people is in this company? I say about forty five hundred. He say, how many would you guess were African American? I say probably six. He was like, what kind of contracts do y'all have? So I started letting him know that they were they were federal contracts. He was like, oh yeah, we we gonna hit them. You know what I'm saying? So he drew it up, and we went to court. You see what I'm saying? And in the meantime, in between time, he was like, all you have to do is get him to acknowledge the fact that he's allowing you to record him. He was like, and we're going to get him. I said, okay. So I went to work the next day, and uh, he started his normal bullshit. And I told him, I said, you know, I say one of these days, I'm going to record your ass, man. I say with all this bullshit that you be saying, bro. He was like, go ahead, nigga. Record me. I don't give a fuck. Record me, nigga. Blah, 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 blah. And that was all the permission I needed. So I started recording with my little phone. You see what I'm saying? And when we went to court, we, we bammed them real nice. So when you say be still and pray, yeah. <laughs> bruh, just pray, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Just pray and then be still and listen. You know, don't don't pray and then do it the way you want to do it. You got to pray and listen and really listen, man. Yes, listen. Listen is key. Listen is definitely, definitely. key. You can't, you can't go pray, can't pray for good, but then be out there doing bad or be half, you know, one foot in, one foot out, not being sincere or genuine with it. Um, mm-hmm. I have a question from, um, shifting gears a little bit, I have a question. Someone inboxed me. Um, they're out of Maryland. They want to know is, ask them, do they know, which states ex-cons are friendly, or did you research this? Like, when you guys came home, did you research where you were going to live, or did you go immediately back into the neighborhood that you were from? Uh, I mean, for for me, for me, the uh, oh condition of my pro- this this black top for, for me, okay, yeah, it it was a condition, it was a condition of my parole that that I uh, didn't return to Texas, not then. You see what I'm saying? Like I had okay. to fight tooth and nail to chase that girl, but nah, you don't. You you can't. I mean, you can choose, but it's a lot of paperwork involved. No question. Yeah, I came back to Virginia. Okay. I mean, VA born and raised in VA. That was where my kids were. I had to come back here, so it was no other option for me. Yeah, for me, um, the crazy thing is I have children in different states. Because remember, I told you I sold drugs in nine different states. But um, I was based in Pennsylvania. Um, my mother didn't want me to come back to New York, but my two youngest children is here in York, Pennsylvania. And um, I knew there was great opportunity on the legal side. Like I said, you know, I was always a – I had businesses even though I was hustling. So I knew that there was some good legal money here. Um, and I could stay under the radar working a regular job versus being in New York where people really, really knew me hard. Um, I ain't have to really okay. battle with that ego that people deal with. I know some drug dealers that come home and say, like, oh, I, you know, trying to work in New York amongst the peers that they grew up with. But for me, I was able to just get a job, stay under the radar, and start my real estate company. And the opportunities here for real estate in Pennsylvania is real cheap in comparison to New York. So it was like, you know, a no-brainer for me. Oh, okay. All right, definitely. Now, guess what, guys? I'm going to take some callers. <laughs> Because you guys have been talking, I didn't want to cut you off because you all had a story. Kiara, um, she's in the chat room, 
And she says that you guys need to write a memoir. Oh, my. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I ain't finished yet. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, need I'm to just start. But, yeah, she, um, yeah, because Kiara said she definitely would buy them. But let me get to some callers, and then we can jump right back in. But I see there's – I'm going to try to go in the order that they came. 347, I'm taking your call, area code 347. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who is this? Are you just listening, 347? Okay, I'm going to put you back. Are you, nope, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. 347, do you have a question? Um, Not really, Casper. This is Cynthia. Hey, Cynthia. And he, he, how you doing? I'm um, doing I was time. listening. Very interesting. And I have several nephews and a young man that I would love to hear this. Like I even got Casper's book for him. So I wanted to know, is this going to be an ongoing thing where we can call in and listen? Are y'all going to be doing this again? If Keisha have us, well, you know, this was her show. Keisha's a, a wonderful person. It's her show. Yeah, this is because what she this is doing, very so. interesting. And, you know, I have a lot of young guys that I know would benefit from it, you know? Right. If Keisha have well, us, then I would love to do it again. Yes, we got to talk Yeah, I'm with it. Because I normally do it once a year, but no, definitely. Let's collectively, guys, let's plan to do this again because um, she's right. You, there's The youth right now, they need to know that, there's there's alternatives, you know. Right. Yeah. They need to yeah. hear from who have been who went to jail and have turned their life around. And it's you know life is short, and they they're chasing that quick money, that jewelry, that fancy stuff. And it's like you guys can tell them straight up, like it's all good until you go to jail because all those friends that was riding in the car, popping all that jewelry with you, they don't come oh, they to don't see go. you. They don't write letters Hell and they nah. don't answer the phone. Oh, no, no. Yeah. All that, all that's gone. That's dead. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All that's gone. Yes. Hey, yeah. look, you know, what's funny. You, uh, the comedian, it was the comedian that, uh, that's, that, that made a joke about this too. She was like, man, you know, she had went to court and her man had got sentenced, and he turned around and looked at her. She said, I don't know why you're looking at me. He sentenced you. The judge broke us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's messed yeah. up, but that's real, though. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice. I'm going to tell you, right? You know, we visionaries. We visionaries. So it would be nice, Keisha, we did something. Like, we had a law panel. Like, we did at the bookstore in Jersey, and people can yes. see it, and we get the schools and everything to turn it, to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. The schools around the world, like, you know, really get to see that visual, and then they get the Q and A, and they just hear us talk. Um, like I said, you know, I mentor at four different schools. My kids that I mentor need to hear other stories other than mine. That's why I bring in speakers like Black and Justin, because the kids just oh get to goodness. hear different stories. You guys, yeah, if no you're question. willing to travel, let's put this together. I would definitely like to be a part of it. And to talk, you know, for you guys to talk to the kids, this is priceless. This is like oh man, you know, you know, has these are better has, than book signing. Has hashtag I travel, man. You know, I'm I'll be I'll be totally <laughs> honest with you, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm be I'm gonna be totally real with you, man. I I I've done a a, a many a book signing, right? 
And um, a few weeks ago, I was I was a um, featured author for a book club called Rare, out of Memphis, and um, it was some it was some young guys in the audience, you know. And speaking speaking to adults about your story, like it's, you know, it's it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You have some that are intrigued, you have some that judge, you know. And I'm used to that, you know what I'm saying? But to have these wide-eyed young guys, you know what I'm saying, like hanging on my every word and asking me the hard questions, not, not just, you know, I'll give you a prime example. One of the young guys said, uh, 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 Mr. Top. I was like, yeah, what's up, Junior? He say, um, well, I got this friend, right? I was like, okay. He was like, um, and, and he's considering, you know, joining the gang, you know, he's really good in school and he's really good in sports and I just don't want him to fall off. What should I tell him? I say, you shouldn't tell him nothing. You know what I'm saying? I say, what you should do is after this conversation is over, come up, get my phone number, y'all call me, and then I'm a schooling on what it's like to be in the gang and go to prison and to be shot five times and to watch the look in your mother's eyes when she know that you ain't coming home no time soon. So y'all call me. And I school him. And don't worry about it. I won't make it seem like you're snitching on the cat. You know what I'm saying? We just going to kick it and talk. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, that yeah. shit was priceless to me. Like, that means more to me. And I love my readers. But that means more to me than anything because I want to stop the system. You see what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we're we collectively, we're able to collapse the system. You got to make it happen, guys. So we'll talk definitely. I want to thank um, the caller. I'm going to put you back in queue so I can take some more callers. But definitely, um, there's going to be a part two. Definitely. Okay. So that. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's awesome. Let me go to another caller. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seven one eight area code. Hello. Welcome to the Writers Life Chat. To this. Hey, Tisha, this is Faye, Faye from New York. Hey, Faye. Hey, How are Faye. you? Hey, <laughs> Faye. Justin? Yes, yes. What's hey, going on, Faye? Hey, how you doing? We met at Circle of Sisters. I know. I just seen it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I have to tell you guys, Keisha, I'm just sorry that I turned, I tuned in a little bit late. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all. Because Casper, <laughs> Casper and uh, Justin and Brother Black, you fellas are keeping it real. And, thank, you. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, really, really. And I almost feel like I'm in a barbershop just eavesdropping and listening in on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. And, uh, hey, that's that. That's that. Hey, hey, Justin, Justin Casper, yeah. that's that title right there, Barbershop Convos. See? Yeah. There you go, right? We come with all kinds of titles for our next work. Hey, look, we gonna we gonna we gonna start. Hey, and listen, look, I'm not even gonna charge for that, okay? We gonna start. All right, we got that. you. <laughs> yeah, we got you. We got you. Listen, because I'm supposed to oh, be um, editing. I'm supposed to be sending something to an editor right now, but I said no. I got to take a, some time out and just listen to you guys. So I thank you. Well, and when you were talking, we, we appreciate you listening. We do appreciate you. you. We thank, thank you. you. Thank no you. No question. Thanks. And you. you know, say I'm gonna you... put in there. Huh? No, go ahead. I was just gonna say that I'll put you back in the queue and you can keep listening. But go ahead. What were you gonna say? 
I just want to say that um, I had met someone a few months ago, and the first thing that he said to me was he told me that he had served time. And mm. it's I know it sounds very cliche, but when you tell someone your story, you really do give them permission to be themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And exactly. you realize that yeah. why are you hiding? If someone can tell their story, because we all have a story to tell. So I just want to thank you guys for being honest and frank and raw and just sharing your journey. Thank you. So yeah. God bless you guys. Thank you. God thank you. It. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for calling in. I'll put you back in the queue, honey. Okay. Okay. Wow. That was great. I like what she said. It was like like eavesdropping at the barber shop. I like that. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's like oh my goodness. That's how I felt last week when I did the street lit panel discussion. I was like listening to like my brothers and they're all in the room plotting and planning and talking and I like sneaked in and just was just eavesdropping. Like, that's what it really felt like just to hear, you know, collective minds. But, yes, you guys are dope in, um, in your own right and what you're doing. I got some more callers to take. Oh, my goodness, you guys are popular. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm going to take 937 area code. Hello, welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Who's this? Hi, it's Stacey Johnson-Leonard. Hey, what Stacey, up, how are you? Hey, Stacey. Hi, Keisha. Hi, Justin. Hi, Casper. What up, Black Top? What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't, didn't want to. I was just calling the show. I was just calling the show my support. <laughs> oh, you ain't talking smack today, huh? Whatever. No uh-uh. You know, I'm not saying much of nothing because, um... You would pull the shade card in a minute, like, what? Hey. Man, my cutoff <laughs> game so strong. Man. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that's a part, that's a part of what we were talking about, by listening, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm listening. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, th- I'm going to put you back in the queue. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I am. I'm always nice. He need to work with his <laughs> wife. Mrs. Blacktop, I'm sure you're listening. Get your husband. He need a spanking. <laughs> I don't know what just happened here. What's going she on? She in there tending to them youngins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she always oh try to give me a whooping, bro. Oh my goodness, I'm putting. <laughs> Stacey on mute. She is timed out. She said, you need a whooping. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that, <laughs> that is funny. Okay, Um, let me just, before we, um, I have one more. 717, I'm going to take their call, and then we can wrap up the show. 717, welcome to the Writer's Life. Hello? Hello? 717. Yes, it's me. Cash. Yo, hey, what's going on? It's Wynn, man. Hey, 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 family, how you? Hey, man, I was calling in, man, you know, listening to this motivation, man. I wanted to salute you and the brothers, man. Oh, we appreciate, appreciate it, bro. We appreciate you, family, you know that. You know, I'm a man of change, too, man. I mean, this stuff like gets the motivation to me. That's exactly, real. exactly. No, that's love, man. You got an incredible story as well. I'm happy that you did tune in, man, because, um, we can't wait to, you know, for your book to come out. I mean, you know, me and, me and you've been talking about that. And just you connecting with my homegirl, Keisha, and just 
and these other brothers, man, like, you know, we all have incredible stories. You know, your story as well, man. So, you know, you, you definitely um, have turned your life around. You know, I salute you as well, my brother. We just got to get your story out as well. Definitely, man. You know what I mean? I just wanted to call him again. Like I said, man, salute to all the brothers, you know what I mean, with the, you know, change of life. And like I said, I'm ready, guys, you know what I mean? So, you know, whenever we going to get together, we put this thing together, man, get my story out there. Uh, definitely, because I'm telling you, know, I know, man, your story is amazing, man. You know, this is a young business owner, y'all, just came home. He, you oh. know, he actually was motivation to me because he, you know, been home for years. Um, So I used to look okay. at him, you know, we had businesses together. Um, so he's like one of the people that helped me stay focused and, you know, he's a young business owner and college student as well. You know, I'm bringing him in next week to come and talk to my kids. Incredible story, Keisha. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm working with him now. Okay. Let's connect the dots. Let's connect the dots. Definitely. Thank you, man. Um, Celebrating 10 years. Congratulations. That's a blessing. That's a good look. Yeah. That's a blessing for real 10 years. Thank you so much. And Keisha, wow. as a woman, wait till you hear his he oh his grandmother's story. Oh my goodness. Okay, Her make book it happen, is gonna, Oh my god, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Keisha. Oh my goodness, definitely. Okay, so guys, now before I let you go, I'll start with you, Blacktop, going down to you, Justin, and then ending with you, Casper. What's next? What's next for you, and where can people stay in, you know, stay in the loop about what's everything Blacktop? Um, it's hard to say what's what's next with me. Um, I, I got a book dropping next month. That's what's next with me. Um, I got the Devil's Hand dropping next month. That'll be my ninth book. Um, oh. as far as staying in contact with me, you can find me on on Facebook as Dean Swift or uh, Twitter. And Instagram as um, at novelist blacktop. That's B L A C C T O P P. And um, I have a website, novelist uh, www.novelistblacktop.com is under construction right now due to the uh, uh, Ink Slinger graphic tee. So we're having some things added so it'll make it uh, a little more accessible for people to get their t shirts and, and stuff like that. So um, that's really, really what's next, man. That, that Najee Don is bumping real hard. You know what I'm saying? So you'll be able to get that at www.novelistblacktop.com. Uh, okay, great. For me, Justin, um, yeah, Justin. Oh, for me, what's next for me? Um, shit, paint. I'm doing paint nights in in your city, man. That's that's my newest thing. I got two new releases this year. Uh, Fire started playing with Fire with my co-author Terry L. Branch. That's on Amazon now. The newly released um, The Words I Didn't Say Part 2 with Tamika Newhouse dropped, what, two weeks ago? Um, So I'm just out and about promoting both novels, for real, book signings, uh, painting and sip events. You can catch me, follow me on my Facebook page. Nine times out of ten, you can't catch me on my first one, so Definitely friend request my second one, Justin Q. Young Jr. I'm all on all social media, whether it be Twitter, the official author Q, uh, Instagram is firstborn underscore design. And if you have any problems getting a paperback or if you want a paperback, inbox me. So, you know, I mail them next day. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yes, he does that. He does mail them. I had he participated in my um my days of Valentine's Day book giveaway for the mail office, and uh, winner won. If it was Monday, he was at the post office Monday mailing it off to the um <laughs> to the reader. So definitely, no he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing at all. And so yeah, and he's knowledgeable. He's knowledgeable about the business. So you definitely um stay in the loop with him. So now. Casper, what about you? What's next? Oh, man, you know, they, I'm one of the hardest working men in America. It's so much. Um, first and foremost, like I said, my life work with God is um, I'm developing my mentorship program um, with these kids and just helping save them. Um, my website is under construction. Um, I got another book getting ready to come out around June. I'm just trying not to really stick, fight the deadline because it's, it's going to be really, really fire. And it's going to be like a workbook for the people to, like, really have you engaged. Milana Botas is coming out in May. Um, you know, I'm a businessman, just just really working hard. I'm going to do a national book tour, so I'm setting up some stuff in cities. And I don't just do regular book tours. Like, I walk the streets, I visit the prison, schools, and, you know, uh, and then I do my venues. So just really working hard, man. Um, people can hit me up on Facebook, Casper Hill, uh, Instagram. I stay in tune with my people. I use my social media in a positive way and just, you know, uplift and encourage. I'm not that sad, miserable person. Like, you know, you need that encouragement, man. I'm going to, you know, just hit me up. I'm not too far from my people. You know, you inbox me. I definitely, despite what I got going on, I I process orders quickly. Um, The clothing line, Team Success, I've been shipping a lot of that. People are loving it, the VITs. Um, and just keep working and just being a blessing, man, to others. Just helping. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, active. It's, yeah. It's, it's all. It's always funny when it's always funny when you run across brothers that do a lot of working because I, I know they can feel me when people tell me like you need to take a break and I'm like, man, come on, man. Like, listen, yeah. I'm, I got work to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ain't no rest. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, you know what I read every love. day, y'all, and I want to listen because people ask, how do you do it? With you know, I still work my regular full time job, ten and a half hours at night. I just made the dean list in college. I mentor at four schools. I run my business, my real estate company also. But every day I read Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, where it said, "See through a man diligent in his business, and he shall stand before kings." So when I listen mm-hmm. to the word of God, so God's telling me keep working, and you will you're gonna be all right. And that's what I tell yeah, people, man. man. So I, I'm, I'm working. I'm working. One, one yeah, day at a time, bro. Yes. Definitely. I want to say to you all, Casper, Justin, Blacktop, thank you, thank you, thank you. I owe you. Um, I do. Because this was such a great show. It was inspiring. It was definitely motivating, but most importantly, enlightening. You drop life jewels upon those listening that they can turn their life around. You do get a second chance just because you were locked down at one point doesn't mean you need to be locked out of life. So I commend the three of you for speaking openly about it. And, you know, real talk, no, no censorship. You guys were just very, just regular. And I like that. So, you know, as always, anytime that you guys come on the show, that you're welcome to come back with your future projects. But I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I did wonderful and I wish you all the best. And that's really it. That's it for the night. We're off. Will you stop? <laughs> will you, will you stop fussing now? Huh, you know what, see, that's why. 
See, you know what? Now I gotta go. Now switch lanes real quick. See, now Black Top, why do you want to go there? Why do you want to go there? Because, because I, you know, I think I catch it on both sides. If it's not you, it's Diane. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you know, on the, on the flip. Touched out before we end the show, right? I gotta go. Yeah, just just a little bit. Just just a little bit. See, that's that's bullshit right there. See, and that's the thing. Yeah. Everybody can get it. They can get it. Like I'm. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. I had to ask the other day. I was like, okay, man. Okay, okay. Are you fussing? I'm. I'm finna do it. Like right now. I'm finna do it. Stop fussing. <laughs> hey, brothers. I was honored. I was honored to do this show with y'all, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, stay up, man. Everybody, everybody called me Blacktop, but but listen, y'all see friend requests from from some dude. You know, look like old chocolate supermodel or something called Dean Swift. You know, that's me, player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because the picture I put up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like that picture, because yeah. on that picture, I look like my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, you know, you I, I don't want y'all to see the picture. Be, no, I'm just saying, because I don't want them to see the picture and be like, man, who's this little suave-ass nigga trying to... I don't accept no niggas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. nah, it's me, bro. Hey, bro. hey, hey, brother hey, Blacktop, see, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you uh, real quick. I got a friend of mine, man, my man, Arn, I grew up with, me and Inch's friend. Um, he's in the background just happy right now because me and him be debating. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty light-skinned guy, man, with the green eyes, man. So he be like, you you light-skinned played out. So for you talking that uh, Blacktop, smooth, dark-skinned supermodel, he's in the back yeah. of backflip talking about, yeah. Yeah, dog, because I'm telling you, I'm telling listen, listen, I'm, I just want y'all to know that y'all kind of went out without I'll be sure, bro. You know, where's the snipes? Nah, put exactly, us on top, man. bro. Stephen Curry brought us back, and Drake Drake got us on top right Drake, now, brother. No question. Nah, nah, Drake making y'all look bad, dog. <laughs> I thought it was cool for light skin dudes right now. I yeah, we back. We back. Nothing wrong with chocolate, but light skin was in. And look, Captain yeah, got the pretty in. eyes too. Oh, thank you, Keith. Oh, you know, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm gonna tell you though. Know, straight up, all my, all my, all my yellow skin homeboys. When we was in school, them niggas used to try to play like they were bowlegged. Calvin, you ain't running yeah. around trying to play like yeah, you yeah, bowlegged. I might get a little bowlegged at the book signing or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 Justin, niggas be standing up their ankles hurting like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I used to do that shit. <laughs> I don't know, light skin, dark skin, whatever the case, I'm proud of you, positive black men, whatever shade that you are, um, you guys are doing good things, and again, so I'm not going to get all sappy and emotional or whatever, because I don't want black top, I want no problems from him, because he looks like he is like he's going to hurt somebody, and I don't want any problems, so I'm going to leave no, you. No, 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 hey, listen, listen. I- Listen, my, my, my motto, my motto is, listen, my motto is, I, I, yeah, of course I look, I look like that. You know what I'm saying? But my motto is I, I help you before I hurt you, man. Now you get out of line, I might hurt you, but you know, my motto is I help you before I hurt you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm just a big old teddy bear, man. I ain't gonna hurt nobody. Yeah, yeah that's all love. I'm happy for us to be joking, laughing in the free world with free minds. This is not the brothers in the prison yard cracking jokes, just trying to get through the time. Like, we really yeah, positive yeah. black men of society, living right, doing right, and we just having a wonderful time. It ain't really about the color of the skin. It's about the love in your heart, man, and we blessed. 
We already. We just having a good time. Oh wait, wait before you, before I let you guys go, Kiara Northington, she's in the chat room and she just wants to say to tell my brothers I salute them, I support them, and I love them. So yeah. And we love love you back. No question. Yep. So on that note, I'm gonna let you guys go, but thank you, and I will see you out there on social media and everything. But take care. But let's definitely put something together. I want to do this again. We got to take it to another level. And make that visual happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I told you, you call, I'm coming. They said they'll travel. They said they'll travel, so we're going to put something together, definitely. And like I yeah, said, we do it in a, on a major way. We kind of work with some schools and, you know, and some institutions to kind of get them all locked in, man, just so we can really right. expand and, 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 and get some people involved that really need right. this right. message. Yeah, man. Cause you got you got some you got some you got some youngsters that's coming home, man. That's, that's hella confused right now. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you got some kids on the street that's waiting to go in because they think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the sad part. That's the sad part. But yeah, so we're gonna make that happen. We're all gonna connect offline, and this is um again, thank you again, and go on back to your regular lives. Thank you. So yeah, that was so dope. I just wrapped up a great show. Oh my goodness, Casper, Black Top, Justin. I they don't even know. Like they just wow, so many the wheels are spinning in my head and I'm thankful for them. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to the callers, the questions. Loved it. Next week we'll be talking to Suzette Harrison. She'll be on the author of Taffy and My Joy. So Definitely, you don't want to miss the right spot on radio with the Writer's Life chat, so I will see you all next week. But thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. I love you. And as I mentioned, tonight's show was sponsored by Faye Thompson's upcoming book, Opening Your Gift. So definitely pre-order your copy at www.don'tsitonyourfabulous.com. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.